0: So I'm reading Twitter, right? Okay. Um, I don't know when this happened exactly, but Notch is the um the James Woods of video games now.
1: Okay.
0: Have you heard that?
1: He's yeah, he's um evidently like someone you're not supposed to like anymore.
0: Well, it's weird because he he always would like air his opinions, but he would air like one opinion a month, mm-hmm. and that's kind of fine. But now he's like he's criticizing the the New Zealand terrorist attack people. He's like, Oh, I they're watch- blowing this out of proportion and and he's like going out of his way to just like annoy people and he keeps reblogging people he dislikes and um <laughs> It's just it's so I I was watching it kind of like you would watch a Car wreck, but it's kind of like James Woods. We got to the point where it's too frequent, and this isn't fun anymore.
1: Yeah, he seems. I remember when Minecraft came out, and that was cool, and everyone's like, "Man, look at this!" Fuck, he made Minecraft, right? Yes. Okay, I was afraid I got the wrong person. No, that's right. <laughs> and everyone was like, "Oh man, this guy seems cool." Then he starts airing his opinions, and it's like, "Okay, well, we all have opinions, and sometimes we don't have to agree with each other." Sometimes opinions are cheap. Eh? eh? yeah, yeah. And then and then it just seems like every time his name comes up it's like oh what did he say now and then i just looked at his twitter and scrolled through it for like two, uh, 30 seconds and i was like oh man i i got to abort
0: yeah i think i'm officially done with notch now mhm um
1: so is that a notch in your belt or his if you get rid of him like did he chase you away and he's going to he's going to keep record of it or do you get to
0: well see that's this is what bugs me with notch and it's the same thing joke. it bugs me with um with james woods is that they're not doing anything to educate anybody. They're they're purposefully bullying people who have made up their minds, and it's like they're not willing to engage in any conversations with anybody. They just find like who has an opinion different than me. I will be snarky, and then when they get mad at me, I'll pretend it doesn't hurt my feelings, and that will bother them more. Well, and the that's their is, end game.
1: Is, is like someone like Nacha has like a couple million Twitter followers. And so, if he picks someone and is like, I don't like this guy's opinion, he'll have like a couple million, million people like sick on him and be like, We don't like your opinion either because Notch said so. And then they'll be rude and maybe dox him. Because Twitter is like this evil hive mind of, of bullshit now. I mean, Tw- it probably always was, but.
0: It's just, it seems to be getting worse. Like,
1: Follow me at DuoWildSoft. I don't tweet anything. Ah. Uh... Some drunk, then I promise projects that I haven't finished yet. I'm like they're coming one day.
0: That's fun too, though. Yeah. So I don't know. How's your week been?
1: My week's been interesting. Um, been producing music, still on that train.
0: That's cool.
1: It's uh, it's weird. Like I, I mentioned it a little bit on the last week's like uh, comics podcast. I'm really itching to like talk, talk about it because I'm learning a ton, but it involves so much like jargon and shit people don't know that it would just kind of be me talking to myself for a few minutes and no one would understand.
0: Yeah, I think I, I get doggy. that.
1: Um, like, I- I'm using I'm using virtual drums, right? I, I don't know how to play the drums. I don't know how to mic up a drum kit. Um, so I got my drums set out and I got them. I, I'm, I'm producing them, and what I do is is. Normally, when you record drums, you have, like, a microphone to record the drum room, and you're getting a lot of, like, the room resonance, so certain kinds of reverb and stuff, and you mix that in. And so I had to, like, virtually make that to make my drums sound bigger. And so I had to figure out how to do that. And I feel pretty proud of myself that I, like, did that, because it's cool. And I had to, like, make a separate thing, and I send all the drums to it, and then I put a, what's called a convolver, or, like, an impulse loader. So it'll take a sound, and then, like... Load that your sounds through that sound. In this case, it's uh it's a, an actual room, and so I had to fuck with that, and then I EQ'd it a bit, and like uh, all this shit, right? And then it's like now my drums sound kind of cool, and largely YouTube is teaching me these things, but I have to like go seek it out, and it's it's, at first it's not a thing I even know I need to do, and then it's a thing I know know I need to do, and then it's a thing I do, and it's it's been a really kind of fun progression of like. Learning something new every day and then trying to put it into motion.
0: That's a good feeling.
1: That was hard as shit. I cannot make my music sound like the way I want it to on all speakers. And then I'm bothering my friends like you and Jean Luc and everyone I'm like, hey, can you listen to this? It's like 10 minutes later. Okay, I've, I've made another change. Can you listen to it again? And I know I'm I'm probably being annoying, but. Yeah, I, know, I don't I know have how access else to, to. So much equipment.
0: Yeah, you, you have to test it though.
1: Right. And it would be better if I had like actual recording equipment and stuff for this, but I don't because it's expensive. My room's not sound-treated anyway, so it wouldn't really help that much.
0: Yeah, that's true, too.
1: So that's where I'm at with this, and like I could really keep going, but I'm not going to.
0: That's fun.
1: How about you? How's your week been?
0: You know, one of these weeks I think we should talk more about like sound
1: you kind of cut in and out a little bit when you said that
0: it'd be fun to talk about sound
1: sounds cool um
0: yeah. wait uh, maybe when you're done with your album we could have like a, a special about it
1: okay we can try that i'm really hoping i can get it to a place i want and i think i found out one of my problems is i had way too many compressors going and if i remove the one on the master channel like and then just crank the volume instead of compressing it it's like oh this sounds a lot better uh less is more so hopefully that's like the the mantra going forward but yeah yeah it's it, it's gonna be i'm gonna be mixing all of this month and then all of next month and then i'm gonna take a break and go back to my book and then i will try and finish it after that <laughs> so july maybe
0: it's cool that you at least have a time frame of what you're even like looking at
1: yeah, and I try to plan, like, these kinds of projects out that I do. I, I do try to actually keep to some kind of time frame. Like, okay, this month I'm going to get this much done, or these two months I'm going to get this much done. And so when I, like, tell people, like, oh, I'm working on this, or I really want to work on this next, like, I don't want it to seem like bullshit, right? Like, like oh, he's just saying he's going to do this. It's like, no, if I say something, I'm pretty much going to do it. It's just when I get to it. But if I keep a timeline, a map to, you know, get things done
0: yeah it helps I, I do that with my comic where it's like I should do at least two pages a week so I just sort of like block out um, Monday and Wednesday mm-hmm. you know Um, did you I was gonna say something it was something good shoot it's gone man today left me exhausted
1: yeah it's it's been kind of a weird Friday
0: it's been a weird week
1: yeah, uh, I suppose.
0: The new uh, the new raid came out on Warcraft. How was that? Well, it's neat because there's two halves to it. There's a half where he plays the Horde, and there's a half where he plays the Alliance.
1: That's kind of cool. I bet and, people hate it.
0: Uh yeah, and it's about the Alliance attacks the Horde
1: capital. Okay.
0: Um, like the new one, so it's the uh, the trolls have this like golden Aztec pyramid with dinosaurs. That sounds fun. Yeah, so like as the Alliance, you, you run in. Did you see that screenshot I sent you with the gold golem?
1: Uh, yes, you did.
0: Like you, you raid the treasury and there's like all the gold comes to life as this like giant gold elemental. And there's these cool mechanics where you're like disarming booby traps and uh, you collect these gems off that you have to pry off of crowns and the gems give you powers. And there's a part where it just like throws gold at everybody and you have to like... You have to split the damage and everything.
1: Man, freaking Blizzard <clears throat> raids got like way more interesting after I quit.
0: So what's fun is that when you kill it, it explodes into piles of gold, and you have to you have to loot all the piles. Like instead of just going over to the corpse and you get a treasure, it's like your character has to like dig through the piles of gold until you find your loot. That's cool. It's kind of it's kind of a cute thing seeing everyone scramble around and the characters are like just like throwing gold over the place. Um, and then after that. You find the troll king, and you literally kill him. So that's like a big story development that the their <laughs> their uh, king's dead, and it's the alliance that did it, and they're not like polite about it or anything.
1: As you wouldn't be.
0: <laughs> oh, uh, but the horde side was what I really liked. You fight um the who's the guy in charge of the gnomes. Um, you fight him, and that's a fun fight because he has a giant like gnome mech that he uses, and he summons these like robots and things. Nice. And he has a bunch of like engineering gags. Like one of his one of his more lethal things is uh, he he summons a bunch of robot sheep that explode. Um,
1: one thing that's cool about. World of Warcraft is like a universe. is like it's got a lot of things that don't really make sense if you mesh them together. But I feel like they do a good job of meshing them together. Like you got magic, and then you got like fucking robots and golems and stuff. That the gnomes have uh, technology, and the dwarves have you know like muskets and rifles that run on gunpowder. Yeah, and it all mostly makes sense, and I like it. I it gets gets a little weird with like the Draenei space aliens and shit, but
0: but even that stuff kind of works. Yeah, in its own weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I prefer the the fantasy of the orcs versus humans, but sure. the the high fantasy, crazy, you know, the space traveling, uh, demon lords. It's like, hey, you know what? Why not? Yeah. Um, but after you kill the gnome guy, uh, the alliance is like, we, we retreat. We we're done. We can go now. And the the troll princess is like, they just killed my daddy, go, go get him, I'm angry. And so you get on a ship, and you're like chasing Jaina's ship out to sea, and you have this fight where you're fighting Jaina on the deck, right? Okay. Um, and while you're fighting her, like her other ships will like, they'll slow down and they'll do these like cannon runs on the side, so you have to man cannons and shoot down the other ships. While you're fighting off Jaina, and at a halfway point, um, like somebody's like, "You'll never escape Jaina Proudmore," and then she's like, "I'm not escaping." Now you're in open seas, which is my domain, and she like freezes (laughs) the whole ocean, and and like all the ships get like stranded, and there's like jagged glaciers, and um, you have to run off the ship, and you run onto this glacier, and you do the next section of the fight, and there's like there's just so many mechanics (laughs) like she's summoning these like ice demons and, and there's these like, all just, there's a lot of stuff going on and visually it's all just super impressive and cool. And the, the music playing during this fight, um, I showed you that, that cartoon about her, like raising her dad's sunken ship. Yeah. And they have that whole, that old, like sad sailor song. Yeah. Um, it's like a battle remix of that tune. Cool, and it's kind of neat where it's like some of the soldiers will like jump off the ship and they're they're like boarding your ship. And you have to fight them off. Um, and it's like the daughter of the sea will be your doom, and they're like they're singing the song while they're fighting you. And it's it's neat how they they lean into all the cool stuff going on so far. Like this raid doesn't feel like it was just another thing to do. It feels like an actual progression of all the stuff that's been happening up to this point.
1: I guess my question for you is, like, how does some of this control, because I remember when Blizzard first started introducing some of these weirder things to raids, where, like, you get in vehicles, or, um, flying dragons to fight, uh, I think it's was Maligos. Yeah. It, it was cool in theory, but it was always, like, really clunky, and, like, it seemed like you had to be a lot more, um, paying more attention to your, you know, what's around you what's and in, in, in stuff, but it was harder to move out a fire or see where the fire was until you were dead. And someone's like, you idiot, you were standing in the fire. And it's like, yeah, but and it just, it, it was a good idea. but the execution wasn't quite there.
0: Yeah. Honestly, I think they improved on execution a little bit over the years. Um, The ve- okay. the vehicle stuff has always been a little clunky mm-hmm. with this one. They were kind of smart and there's not really any actual vehicle stuff. Like when you fire, so when you get
1: into like the things to shoot stuff down, though, I mean,
0: no, you don't. You run over to the cannon and you click on the cannon, and it just fires straight in a line.
1: Oh, it just fires. So there's
0: no, yeah, there's timing. Like you have to aim it right. Okay, but it's not like you go into that first person thing with the weird reticle that never worked.
1: Yeah, they're like,
0: hey, let's just take that out. Good call. Good call, because it looks a lot better visually. Um, it's easier to pay attention to what's going on. There's, like, raid awareness. Because sure. the other thing is, like, they're throwing bombs to destroy the cannons. So someone has to pick up the bomb and walk over and throw it overboard. So while if you're on cannon duty, you also have to watch for bombs and you're on bomb duty. Oh, cool. So it's, like, it's not this boring thing where you're you're relegated to the vehicle. It's, like, you have things going on and enough situational awareness to actually carry through it.
1: That's one of the things I miss about World of Warcraft that most games don't give you is the um just the, the the raid environment where you have to like break off into into groups and like, okay, you're on this duty, you're on this duty, you're gonna be handling the ads when they show up and this big you know, it's a it's a big group effort and like the fights typically feel like really big and cool and like there's shit going on and it gets frustrating when everybody starts dying and, and you're stuck. But when it works, it works really, really well and you feel like You really are part of like this awesome kind of cohesive army.
0: Yeah, and especially with the the themes of these like huge battles and everything. Like it's kind of neat when you're fighting a dragon. But it's a lot cooler when it feels like you're part of a huge effort. And you have to do your part so everyone else can do theirs. Yeah. Like that's a fun feeling to tap into.
1: I feel like if you're a good DPS, it's better because you're not like... There's something a little like, a, a, what's the word I'm thinking of, where you're, you're a little disconnected and you're like a tank, because you're just like, I'm I'm the guy getting beat up, and I'm getting hit over and over, and I have to keep fighting, you know, not die or whatever, but it's not as, I feel like it's not quite as rewarding as like being the DPS that gets into the cool thing that blows something up, and then you get to see your numbers at the end, and you're on the top, and you're like, yeah, I killed that fucker more than you guys. Right or if you're a healer and you're just kind of like your job is to heal the off tank and it's like okay I will do that and then dodge the fireballs whatever I never did a lot of the 25 man raids though I was never in big enough guilds for that so it was always the 10 man versions
0: oh yeah so that's the thing they put up they like got rid of that
1: 10 man versions
0: um no everything it all it scales so you can have a raid oh. group of 10 to 25, and it's the same content.
1: That's cool. And this the numbers... Always, I feel like yeah. the same content, it was just harder. Yeah. I, mean, I think maybe some raids actually did were different if you had a bigger group, like you had different encounters. Or there were some raids where you could only do them if you had, you know, 25 people.
0: Yeah. It used to be separate. So it's kind of... It, they made it a little more accessible, which is cool. And then also there's, like, the group finder for raids. Yeah, which we never had. Yeah, so it's like, you don't, this is, like, super baby mode, but you at least get to see the cool stuff without, like, committing to anything.
1: I, I I always thought it would be cool to make a game that is just, like, all of my favorite things from World of Warcraft in one game, and you skip the bullshit. And so it was like, it would be cool to make a game that's basically just big raids, and you get together with people and you do them. But the problem is, is the only reason you're doing the raid is to get the gear. And if you wanted to make a game where you remove the carrot on a stick gear grind, I don't know if you could do it. Like there, there's gotta be a way, like the gameplay would have to be really good, but just how can you make something that has like the best parts of World of Warcraft, but without all of the bullshit?
0: Okay. So there's two different design philosophies for gear. Um, there's vertical progression and there's horizontal progression have okay. you Have you heard of these?
1: Um, not in these terms but I can probably guess where you're going.
0: So with vertical progression, that's sort of how World of Warcraft works, where like the first step is to get from level one to the maximum level. But at maximum level, you have like a certain level of gear that makes you X strong. and the more gear you get and the better gear you get, that makes you stronger. The, okay. th- this works at launch when you start introducing expansions especially like multiple expansions it becomes a lot more annoying to like literally like you have the you have the Lich King's armor and it's also golden because you're so good at beating up the Lich King but there's, there's they just discovered an island with pandas on it so go ahead and put that stuff in your bank because you're going to get some really cool leather gear that's, you know, green tier because you just you helped the farmer fight the carrots and this gear's better for you. Yeah, so, was, there's
1: always a giant disconnect with that.
0: Yeah. So that's what vertical progression always turns into. It's supposed to be like the first expansion was like, wow, you saved all of Azeroth from the whatever threat it was. But even beyond Azeroth, you go to go to space and there's a whole bigger problem out in the space, and so it feels like oh this is much more important, but after you do this five times, it's not always much more important, yeah, and it starts to fall apart and become frustrating so I like
1: the um the progression in Earth Defense Force for their weapons, and obviously Earth Defense Force is a pretty different gameplay loop, but like. The, the first enemy you fight is the giant ant that, like, shoots kind of, like, yellow acid at you. And at the end of, the, like, the last level, like, those ants are still around. There's just, like, a thousand more of them. And so the guns you get, you start off with decent weapons. You're just getting, you're getting more powerful weapons, but, like, you're getting, like, more enemies to fight is, like, the, the trade-off. And obviously there's more enemies that show up that are harder, uh... But then you get a good gun to kill them. But then there's more of them now, and so now you need a better gun because you have to kill four of them in a row instead of one in a row or whatever. And so it's just this constant escalation, and that's really fun. The problem is, is not all the guns are very good, and so you get a new gun, and it'll be like this gun's really strong, but it shoots behind me, and it's like, well, that's a piece of shit. I can't use this.
0: It still sounds fun.
1: Yeah, it's um, like I remember when we when it first introduced these uh. The uh, frog-like enemies, so they're, they're humanoid shaped They they can like duck behind buildings. They have guns. They have a better range than all the other enemies. They're really hard to kill. <clears throat> and I had this really cool rocket launcher called the Splasher. And you charged it up, and you flew over them, and it would shoot like 20 bullets at once, and like like rain, and just chew them to part. And so I'd charge it up, and I'd sneak up on them, and then I'd fly up in the air, and I'd kill one, and then I'd run and hide, and I'd charge it up, and it was this like fun cat and mouse game. Then I got this one cool shotgun, and the shotgun would kill them in one shot. I could just, like, dodge their bullets, get near them, boom, they're gone. But now there are so many more of them, and also there are harder things to kill. And so I'm going through the game, and I'm using this shotgun, and I get an upgrade to that. And on the last level, we beat it, and I get the upgrade to the splasher. And so when we play again on the harder difficulty, I'm like, I can't wait to use this rocket launcher again, because it was so fun. And, you know, so it kind of loops back around and it's like, and then what am I going to get like a third version of that in like 30 levels or whatever? And it, it's, uh, or will I find something completely different that I haven't seen before? And so there's a, that kind of gear philosophy is really fun. There's there's definitely a right way to do it.
0: So, and that's, that's still, I mean, I guess it's hard to say because they are kind of different games. Um, But I want to talk about horizontal progression. And this isn't. I think Earth Defense Force is kind of like a middle ground where it would be like an upward curving line. Yeah, but it's not a straight line up. Um, horizontal. Uh, this is how Final Fantasy XI works. You get up to like maximum level the same way as you would otherwise, but when they introduce a new expansion, they don't increase the level cap
1: oh sure
0: and they don't increase the gear cap but there's new things on the new gear that are appealing and partially just because they're new but also it'll be things that like the the effects will literally change what your rotation is and it's like you gotta the new land opened up so go there everything's gonna be level 70 just like you but fight through it and do the story and at the end of the story there's a raid and you're ready for the raid because you got the gear from the last raid. But, like, there's going to be one boss that has, like, a lightning defense on him. And you can tough through it or you can try and get this, this you know, the blue beetle armor that pierces electricity armor. And, okay. it, and it changes your rotation. So, like, normally you're using, like, your, your mage has all your fire spells because you have the fire build. But if you really lean into this, like, the dark armor and get all the dark spells, uh like set up differently uh, where you, you run out of mana faster. So you have to ma- balance it a little differently, but it's kind of different and, and engaging and maybe this will even work out better for you. And so you grind out and get that gear and you start doing that instead. And it's fun and different and changes things up because you're adapting to the challenge. But you still have But your, it still are...
1: fits with the lore, right? Because it's not like, oh, you're in a space land now, but you got to help the space farmer and he's going to give you cool space gear that's better than the gear you got when you killed Arthas.
0: Right that doesn't you're happen. Like, it's like you it gets to the point where the world acknowledges that you're a you're a superhero. Like, "Oh, you're okay. the champion that stopped Arthas. Um, thanks for helping the farm. Here's a tip. You should go to Thunder Mountain where the cool stuff is at because if you be Arthas, I bet you could take Thunder Mountain and it doesn't like talk down to you. It's like it respects what you've done.
1: It definitely seems like probably the better way to go in some respects.
0: It it is and it isn't. Um, Star Trek Online is horizontal, and it what's cu- <laughs> it's a two edged sword. Because um, in Star Trek Online, like you can upgrade any gear up to max level. So like if you get a cool trinket from a quest at level twenty, that like lets you summon an extra attack ship or something, you can technically like pour research info into it. And you you put all these research points into it and level it up to maximum level so you can, like, carry stuff with you. And so, I don't know, it's good, but it's also at a point where, like, with the Deep Space Nine expansion, I got my ship exactly how I like it. I really like the performance. It's balanced perfectly. I fine-tuned my, like, energy ratings and everything. I have all the perks and trinkets and everything I want on my lasers. I'm done. My ship's done. Sure then the Discovery expansion comes out. And it's like, hey, do you want to do this Tetrion build where you get the Tetrion lasers? And it's like, no, I, I put all my points into my my Polaron lasers. I'm good. And right. I kind of, like, I'm getting gear, and it's like, I'm not going to commit to this. I'm throwing it away. Because <laughs> 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 um, my Tetrion lasers are still, they're, they're fine. I don't need new ones.
1: I mean, it comes down to the gameplay itself, though, too, right? Because if it's cool to, like, and it's fun to play through this content, and you're not keeping any of the stuff, but yourself in a good time, more power to you but I feel like in some ways World of Warcraft's gameplay loop wasn't that fun um, you know it, it's not like a hack and slash or anything you're pushing buttons and your character doing stuff but there's a little bit of like a delay between the actions so it's like you're telling the character what to do the character hears you then the character does the move versus like playing something like Bayonetta where you push a button and then the, you stab someone or whatever
0: yeah and you know it's weird with, with Warcraft i noticed that depending on what class you pick you have a totally different experience for the game. Yeah. And I I tried uh, I tried playing a mage and it's so boring. Like the rotation does not change. There's never a situation where you're using different attacks or a different strategy. Right. Like just always push one, two, one, one, two, three, one, two, one, one, two, three. And when I try the rogue, I have like thirty six buttons. You know what I mean?
1: because yeah. there's
0: like a stealth stance and there's a regular stance and I also have to keep there's like a buff that comes up but it's also an RNG buff where I roll dice so I rolled dice and I got the, I got the swashbuckler attack buff and also the, the lucky treasure accuracy buff so it's like okay I'm going to put all my energy into this combo over here and then I have to get behind him and is it okay, now I have to bounce back here. Okay, he's going to do the one attack. I have to evade it. Okay, now I'm going to use my grappling hook and sh- shoot back behind him and then roll the dice again. It's like, oh, I didn't get the right dice. Okay, I'm going to save my energy for a little bit. And there's so many things I'm thinking about. And then I'll go over to my monk. And I say, like, oh, I haven't played my monk in a while. Let's level that up. And it's so boring. And it's like, oh, that's why he's not at max level yet. Is because I can't take more than half an hour of this.
1: Yeah, I remember that being the case. Like I had, I played a druid, and the druid had a lot of options. I remember logging into my friend's uh, shaman at one point, And he's like, okay, I have a... They had a, a, a mod to, like, here's your rotation mod or whatever. And it's like, there's only three buttons, dude. You don't need one of these. Just fucking pay attention to your cooldowns. Like, I had a rotation mod, but I had, like, 12 buttons I could push. You have, you know, three or four, and one of them is uh, an RNG thing. So every once in a while you'll get wind fury and do more damage and it'll like be like, "Hey, you got wind fury, that's cool." It's like, "Yeah, but I didn't do anything to do that. The character just gets that randomly." I,
0: so, uh, did you listen to Mega 64 last week?
1: I did. You have to repeat that. It kind of cut out. Oh,
0: sorry. Did you listen to Mega 64 last week?
1: Oh, I did not. No.
0: They talked about crying. And Derek had okay. this really good question about like, what, "When was the last time you cried for like no reason?" Like, you just, for whatever reason, something caught up to you deep down, and you just had this, like, need to cry. Okay. Have you ever had that?
1: Yeah. Uh, when did the last Arion album came out? Oh. Whenever, whatever the year that was. Ah. Like, one or two years ago.
0: So, the most recent time I've cried, I was playing Final Fantasy fourteen, And I <laughs> we're, we're talking about how complicated the rotations are. I tried to play the warrior and I got all the attacks set up and there's not enough buttons on the PlayStation controller for all of the attacks in the game. And I could not figure out how to make it work. So I decided to just pick as many as I could and whatever like falls off the rotation list at that point, I just won't use. Okay. Um, but I have the priorities here, so I'm not going to get maximum DPS, but I'm going to tank effectively enough. And so I go into a dungeon and I'm tanking and the boss is on me and it's only hitting me and it's working. And while we're fighting the boss, everybody's talking about how I'm not using enough attacks and I'm not doing it right. And they're being like really passive aggressive about it. And I don't know why, but it made me, like, seriously cry. And I turned off the PlayStation, and I just cried for a little bit because I couldn't figure wow. out how to play Final Fantasy. <laughs> it's like the warrior's too hard. I'll be a samurai. There's <laughs> not buttons. I was like, <laughs> and I went into my, um. I, there's like this, I'm in a Discord that's full of uh, gay Warcraft pandas, and I told them all, I'm playing the warrior, and I'm crying. And I said, Cameron, are you okay? And I said, no, I'm crying. And they still talk about it to this very day.
1: Yeah, mine was... I don't really remember what this situation was. I think I just had, like, a bad week and it was, like, the middle of winter and I was feeling, like, super depressed. And I, like, threw on a a CD and I was like, I'll listen to music. And the the Arian album's a concept album and, like, in it, the planet they're on, like, gets destroyed by, like, machines and they have to leave and go find a new one. And it was either when they found the new one and everyone was, like really happy because the human race is going to survive or it was right after the destruction and everyone thought the human race was going to die. But it was just like, at that point, I was just like, I am so sad. (laughs) And it just kind of like laid down and it just cried for like a few minutes for no reason. And then I was like, that was really weird. I don't know if that was part of a panic attack or if I just needed to release some shit or what, but
0: that reminds me the another time I cried was at the Star Wars Museum. The uh, Do you remember where they had a like a it was a two ring Star Wars museum?
1: I don't know if I remember any of that, no.
0: It was a bunch of like props and concept art from the movies.
1: Oh. Okay, yeah, no, that does sound familiar now.
0: And it was a really it was a it was a lot of stuff. Um I think episode three had come out, so I think it was like all six movies. And, like, costumes that they actually used and just all kinds of stuff. And it was so much fun. Like, the whole family went. And Star Wars is really important to the whole family. It's like just a family thing that we watch the movies together. So it was really fun going to the Star Wars Museum. And I remember at the end, there's, like, a gift shop. And I remember, like, my brother picked out something. Like, he found a book with, a, with like, concept art in it or something. I was like, that's really cool. I was like, oh, I'm going to get this. And my parents asked if I wanted to get anything. And I don't know what it was because I, I didn't want anything and there wasn't anything there that I wanted. But they're like, hey, Cameron, do you want a souvenir? And I said, no. And they're like, are you sure? And then I started crying and I don't know why. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I think I was so like excited and overstimulated by all of the Star Wars stuff I was looking at. Because I just, I love movies. I love movie props. But also I love Star Wars. And it was something about, like, this weird perfect storm where everything hit me, like, really emotionally all at once. And I just started crying in the the Star Wars Museum gift shop. And I don't know why. And I think my parents were afraid I was crazy or something because it was just, like, I was trying so hard not to cry that I think I was making weird faces (laughs) <laughs> it was just this, like, horrible, embarrassing moment where it's like, I really hope no one can see me in this public place that's full of people. Because I'm yeah. crying and I don't know why.
1: <laughs> I am... It's weird, like, I feel like the human mind isn't meant to take a lot of the shit we throw at it. And with, like, the, ad, the the increase of, like, popular culture and the internet and all and Twitter and all this stuff. You're just, you're bombarded with so much stuff that it's oh, like, man. Go... you just need to reset.
0: <laughs> Go I mean going back to the, the Twitter talk we're talking about, uh everybody's talking about Momo now. And I
1: feel like Isn't that the like Pixar thing? No. <laughs> oh no, oh that's the, 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 the commit suicide uh freaky lady. Well yeah
0: do you remember the blue whale challenge?
1: Um oh, yeah was what was the, that? That was also another It was the exact one. same
0: thing. It was like hey yeah. take a take a picture in front of a bus stop Okay, you want it. Okay, the next thing's go, go over to the the bridge and take a um, take a dump off the bridge. That'll be funny. Okay, you did it. Okay, challenge number three: kill yourself. Ah, and then like one kid will actually do it, and it becomes this like national emergency. And now it's yeah. like it happened again with Momo, where like one kid killed himself. No, I'm sorry, two did. Two kids have killed themselves because of this Momo game, and the artist got all upset and destroyed the statue. And it's like that's kind of. Maybe I would do the same thing, but it's also a shame that like two people are mentally ill enough to do that. That it, it yeah, like, ruins I art. I don't know
1: if I have anything to really say about that because I like the idea of like like people inventing games to prey on people with mental illness is really shitty. No, it is. You know, don't do that. But at the same time, like, it's like I don't think that's what the games were invented for. I think it's like edge lord stuff. Like, ah, oh, it'd be really funny if we made this game to try and convince kids to hurt themselves, and then someone does, and it's like, oh, oops. And it's just we, or, or maybe not. I don't really. Society
0: know. was better when we didn't have this like unfiltered megaphone for every single individual. Yeah. And I, I don't want to say that censorship is good but there's also like kind of a reason why there tends to be like social norms and like kind of a a certain expectation of decency that um like if you turn on the television and you turn it to Nickelodeon you know that SpongeBob isn't going to dare your kids to kill themselves cuz it'll be funny. Yeah. And with the internet there's a lot of unfiltered things that don't get checked out. So sometimes things will come up that maybe a parent wouldn't agree with. And it's, it's, it, it can be scary. And I understand how some parents are like totally overreacting to this because yeah, it's scary, but it's also kind of just the shame that it has to happen at all.
1: I remember there was a thing going around that, because there's like YouTube for kids and someone was uploading these kids videos, but halfway in they would put a clip from some guy named filthy Frank, but I thinks it <laughs> Yes. This. And he was like, he had some bit about killing yourself. And so it was like, Someone is uploading videos that secretly teach kids how to kill themselves, and it turns out it's just some comedian that no one's really heard of. And to me, that's, like, really funny, but this is, like, making, you know, certain newspapers or whatever. Like, parents were warned to make sure their kids don't watch these videos, because whatever. And it's like, ha, some some asshole thought that would be funny, and it kind of is.
0: Did you hear about this thing YouTube's doing to uh, automatically disable comments?
1: I know it's like any videos with kids in them, right? And then if or, – or is it if, if the – if there's videos with kids in them and then the comments are like mean, they'll get demonetized.
0: Well, there's something – there's some kind of algorithm thing that checks a few things and there's a chance that if you have a video with a kid in it that the video will get demonetized and the comments will get turned off. And what's funny to me is that this this spiked up is one of those things where YouTube's trying to stop us from making money and YouTube doesn't like its creators. Just look at what this poor uh, housewife's problem is. And this this mom, this like stupid soccer mom, she's complaining to YouTube that her videos all got demonetized. And she's like, where am I going to get all the? You know, I was getting money off of this and now just I'm not without any warning. Like, how can you do this? you look into it more her videos were of her 10-year-old son at gymnastics class and they're getting like hundreds of thousands of views and i don't know do, I mean, how many of your friends look up 10-year-olds at gymnastics class videos yeah that's
1: pretty suspect right like
0: right so you know, also
1: <laughs> if you're if you're profiting off of videos of your like 10-year-old that's maybe kind of weird too unless you're an actor like but if it's just like here's my ten year old going to gymnastics class, which like lots of ten year olds go to. Yeah, it was not produced not a stuff. Thing. It was like home yeah.
0: video stuff.
1: So yeah, that like and... if yeah, if your income like hinges on that, like I think it's shitty that YouTube will make these changes without warning people like ahead of time because it is going to impact people's uh, paychecks. Right. And maybe they are structuring their life around this money. Yeah. Um, transparency I agree. is cool, and so is warnings. Um, but yeah, like in that case, like I remember like seeing like thumbnails for that right because th- th- it was going around and it's just like why are so many people watching your son who's really young do this like it just raises red flags like like you said like I don't know anybody that would go out of their way to watch that let alone you know like it, it just screams like pedophilia to me and you know and not some in a funny are, way
0: yeah and some people are just really they're either blind or they're ignorant about it and they don't want to ad- accept that maybe their child is in danger or maybe they're making bad decisions as a parent. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, this is fun. And, oh, look, we're, we're successful. Look, we're YouTube stars. And they don't want to think about it. So I get how you could fall into a thing of maybe not realizing it and putting the pieces together.
1: I mean, be but... one thing, if there's like 5,000 or 10,000 people and you're like, oh, wow. Like there's a, there must be a lot of enthusiasts for this. But when it gets to like millions of people, it's just like, that's just weird. Like what is going on here? Oh.
0: Well, yeah, it's also uh, that Michael Jackson documentary just came out.
1: Oh yeah, I and it's watched like it.
0: there's a lot of warning flags that some of these parents had that they just they really did not look at it at all. And this was all happening in a pre-Twitter world and a pre-YouTube world where, like, you know, things are totally just different right now. Mm-hmm. But at the time, like, if you you have like a ten-year-old. And Michael Jackson sending him, like, a fax every half hour addressed to the kid personally. It's like, you don't think that's a little weird that, a like, a an adult pop singer is faxing your son 20 times a day?
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. I suppose it's they like... actually did use fax machines back then. But also, it's weird for the other reasons, too.
0: Yes. Mostly the <laughs> other reasons. Yeah. Um... And it's kind of, it's this thing where I I feel bad for the, the, especially the Michael Jackson stuff, I feel really terrible for the victims. Mm -hmm. And I feel bad for the parents that just either they refused to open their eyes or they just really could not see what was going on. But at the same time, I kind of have this weird uh, feeling of Darwinism where it's like, I, I think some other people probably would have caught it.
1: Yeah, and I don't. I, I can no... only feel so bad. <laughs> right, I had this happen in college, and this wasn't like a proud moment, but someone got. So we have a street in La Crosse called Jackson Street. That's a bit of a mess. It's a uh, which is funny because the the college I went to is like on that street, but the rest of the street, the, it's not like super well off. Um, there's a lot of crime on it. It connects to a street with like a lot of bars. If you walk away,s and so like you have this like. Chunk of lacrosse that you don't really want to be around at night, and so there's a person in our class, a woman who's walking home and she's drunk and she gets like mugged, and it, you know it's it's going around and it's like all this bad stuff and and, and I'm just like, yeah, but it, you shouldn't be on that street at two in the morning, like that's going to happen. And maybe it's better now, but back in you know 2005 or no, this would've been 2006, 2007, something like that, like you know, it's a, it was a bad place to be. Like, you know, it's one of those, like I worked at a, at the library at that school and I made sure like I had a knife on me because at night I would have to walk to my car and I didn't know if there was going to be people around trying to mug people because there's no security anymore. You know, it's just like, there's a certain level of like if you put yourself in a, a, a dangerous situation and something dangerous happens, can you be that surprised? At the same time, it's never really the victim's fault because you shouldn't. In an ideal world, you wouldn't have to worry about that, right? Like you could walk to your car and no one would try to right. mug you. Right. It, it's the not.
0: Face. It's not wearing a sign that says "mug me," but there's like a risk uh, measurement that has to take place sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, did, I think I told you about this, but I did I talk about it on the show when I went to that that weird Seven Eleven on my way to my brother's.
1: Uh, I don't think so.
0: I, I'm going up to see my brother, and before I pull... Like, I got off the freeway, and I go to the first 7-Eleven I can find. And it's this weird, like, hole-in-the-wall kind of 7-Eleven. Like, it's not a standalone building like most of them are. Mm-hmm. And the the structure of the building was really strange. Like, I feel like this was originally, like, a, a storage room that they decided to just rent out to stops, you know? Okay. And they sort of, like, remodeled it and put in windows, but it was, like, this long narrow kind of thing so it's like okay i just want to i want to grab a couple beers to bring um when i want to see my my brother and his wife so i'm in the back because they have the beers in the back corner so i walk in the the guy working the cashier he's he's there and like his girlfriend's there um they're both really young and they're just talking whatever i I walk all the way to the back corner, and I'm looking, and it's like, oh, do I want to get the Blue Moon? or I haven't seen this one before. I'm looking up reviews on my phone of this new beer I haven't seen. And um, while I'm reading the reviews, there was, I forgot to mention, before I walked in, in the parking lot, there was this guy on a bicycle just riding wheelies in circles. As you do. As you do. So it's like, whatever. I go inside. I go, I'm looking at the beers. That guy comes in. And he walks over to the cashier and he just like, with a very loud voice, he goes, yeah, Jesus is the one. God has the power. Yeah, Jesus is going to save everybody. Uh, I'm going to clean the world. I'm going to cleanse it. Oh, and at this that point, that took a turn. Yeah, it took a turn. And he starts repeating this like in meter. Like he's, Like, he has a beat in his mind and he's rapping this (laughs) on loop. And he's like, he's trying to get the cashier to like sing along with him or clap or something. Like, I don't know what he was after. But I, I, when he started talking, I kind of froze. And I'm, I have like my phone out and I'm kind of in this like weird, like, I'm immediately trying to figure out the weird layout of the building because I don't know where sure. an escape is like if I go through this door is it a dead end or do they have a legal escape um like I'm trying to figure out does he does he know I'm here like I'm in this weird corner did he see me or is the shelf high enough um like if he has a gun which of these shelves like are potentially bulletproof or not yeah, which well, has the
1: most, like, stuff on it.
0: Well, just, I um, mean, that, protect, that's yeah. not even going to cover. I'm just trying to figure out, like, how thick are these shelves? Because they're made of metal, but they're not a very good metal. Okay. And, like, I'm immediately, I'm racing through, like, 12 different things I have to cover. And it's, it's like, I'm waiting for him to say something. It's, like, do I, I have my phone. Do I call 911? Um, Or just, like, me answering the phone and calling for help going to trigger him. Right. Because he's, he's clearly off his rocker like he doesn't have yeah. a point. He's just this crazy person. Um and at some point like he ends his song um and he goes woo and he leaves and he unicycles into the street and I heard a car screech <laughs> and he's like gone. <laughs> and then I got and then I got a snowball. I got the snowball 2-pack and the blue moon. And um the cashier was very scared, but I got my snowball, so it was okay.
1: There you go. Yeah, I imagine, like, as the cashier, he's like, oh, so when is this guy going to rob me, and is he going <laughs> to use a gun, and is he going to shoot me with it?
0: Yeah, I felt really bad for his girlfriend, who, like, she was clearly, like, just got out of school or something, and, um, like, was just waiting for the guy's shift to end. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, she didn't even have to be here. If this turns into a tragedy, it's going to be, like, really Romeo and juliet The
1: tea I was drinking earlier is called Hot Cinnamon Sunset.
0: Oh, that sounds lovely.
1: I know it was really, really good.
0: <coughs> My teeth start closed.'m so, <laughs> I, I don't know where to get tea <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I want tea ah. I'm, I'm
1: really lucky like i you, you told me that story right? and like I've lived a very like charmed life. I've never really been in any major danger like that um or 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 ha you know thought about like, oh, I might be in danger. Uh, the worst, like, I've gotten into, like, a minor car accident, and then I got bit by a dog, and that's largely been it, like, I almost got into some fights in, like, high school, but I didn't, you know, I ran away or talked my way out of them or whatever, so, like, it's weird to, like, see and hear stories like this, because I can't help but think, like, how would I react, and the answer really is, is, like, I have no idea, because until I've, like, in there and you know your brain's firing on all cylinders. You got adrenaline going, or maybe you just like freeze on the spot because you just freeze. Like it is, it is insane what some people like end up going through and surviving. And I'm just like, holy shit, I can't believe.
0: Yeah, I almost got hit by a car once. Did I tell you that story?
1: I don't think so. No.
0: Um, my college, uh, there was never enough parking for everybody. And it was really lame because they made you pay for a parking pass, but there wasn't enough room for everyone. So yeah, paying for the pass. Yeah, I fucking know that feel. Yeah. So it got to the point where I just stopped paying for the pass and I would park in a neighborhood that was like across the street from the college. Mm-hmm. And it meant like a 20 minute walk. But it was like, hey, you know what? I'm fat. So, uh, you know, I'll walk. Sure. Um, And part of the road, it's it's a really stupid road. Because it it goes up a hill and it has a curve, and you're supposed to be like it's a twenty mile an hour speed limit zone, but okay. nobody goes twenty miles an hour there. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, because you really you can't see around the corner that great. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people are on that road are late for class. Like it's just people are always speeding. Yep. So. I thought that I could see around enough when I cro- I had to cross that road at one point to get to the other side. Um, like to, a chicken. Yeah, to get to the school crossing. And so I'm at the top of the hill. So it's like, okay, I can see down both sides. So I know there's not a car going either way. And um, there's one car coming. So it's like, okay, I'll let them pass. And they, you know, they come by, they go. I look both ways and it's fine. And I'm looking down the right side of the road. Uh, But not the I didn't like double check the left one Because the left looks clear So I'm going to keep my eyes on the right And I'm going to start crossing And I had this weird like God moment Where like something Like literally just sort of like held me back And I just sort of like stopped walking And I didn't know why And then this car going 60 Like whooshes by And it was like I could feel the wind Of it like right oh, wow. up against me like it was it would have hit me if i took one more step and it just wishes by and i didn't even like i didn't flinch it just like it went by and it's like oh that's gone and then i took my step and i walked across the street and i remember somebody was watching this there's somebody on the other side of the street and like dude
1: dude that car almost hit
0: you and i remember is like yeah maybe next time <laughs> I mean like it did not it did not phase me at all it was just the weirdest it was so surreal how like I didn't there's
1: such a Cameron answer to that like, it is I know. Car. yeah maybe next time <laughs> 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 I shouldn't be laughing at that but it's pretty funny it's a, it's a Cameron
0: thing you're allowed to laugh at it yeah I'm glad you're not dead me too Oh, we oh we talked an hour about me crying at the Star Wars museum. So that's pretty good.
1: Yeah, that's in, that's exactly all we talked about. This episode was you crying at the Star Wars museum.
0: Should that be the title of the show?
1: <laughs> I, you know what? I think it's a good title.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, you should you should um you should use that as a title for the comics podcast too.
1: I can try to remember to do
0: that. (laughs) Cameron cried at the Star Wars Museum and then, like, never explained that.
1: (laughs) That'd be pretty funny. I'm laughing really hard and it's, like, clipping the mic. Sorry.
0: That's fun. Um, do do you have any other. What did we actually talk about tonight? Just being sad?
1: We talked about being sad. We talked about, um, World of Warcraft again.
0: So, being sad?
1: Oh, we talked about, uh,. We talked about some game design stuff that might have been an interesting interesting to hear. Do you
0: have any game design stories before we close? Um, Maybe about being sad because you're an indie gamer?
1: <laughs> yeah, my bank account is pretty you sad. You saw that,
0: that Mega64 song about being an indie game designer?
1: I, I don't think so. The, oh,
0: it's cute. The lyrics are so funny. It's, um, they did this skit about this guy that got a job at a game company, but he misses when he was, uh, an indie developer. It's like literally <laughs> his, his, job is, um, like, okay, you're a lead programmer for Madden 2017. And he opens a Word document and changes the title from Madden 2016 to Madden 2017. And like, hits save. And it's like, oh, god, right, you did it. And he, and he has to walk home in his suit with all his money and he sings this like song about how he misses being an indie gamer where it's like they didn't have money, but they had a good attitude. And like, it's like, there's this lyric about, um, living in your brother's room and, and using his computer while he's at work and stuff. (laughs) It's, it's funny, but it also reminds me a lot of you. Like not Mm -hmm. just the, the generic indie gamer tropes but it's like there's a few lines that specifically remind me about you that are kind of it makes it funnier to me
1: sure I'll have to, I'll have to give that a watch when we're done yeah that was pretty funny because i remember there were times we were testing the game because i had a different computer than my brother that he would like when i left for work he would like turn on my computer and like play the game on my computer to make sure it ran right and then write down bugs and stuff so like we actually did that. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's the thing. Is like, it's almost like it was written about you, but I know there's just a lot of people that have gone through what you have too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. I guess if I was going to have a game design thing, um, test stuff and then put sounds in and then test it again because it might feel way different when you have sound effects.
0: Yeah, possibly.
1: It is. A, it is. A, it always makes your sound effects louder than the thing you're doing. And I think you actually told me that.
0: I didn't, but that is a good tip. Someone,
1: I can't remember who told me that. I thought that was you. But... Well,
0: maybe I did. I, I know random tricks about sound.
1: Oh, it is definitely like a really good piece of advice. Yeah,
0: so I want to talk about um a little bit. I want to talk about Anthem. Oh, okay. So I, I more or less finished it. Like there's technically that like end game grind that I haven't gotten into yet. Mm-hmm. But the core experience I've I've officially finished um overall i actually really enjoyed the game and i think my biggest problems were like server stability so it's like i've had some problems where i sit down to play the game and i literally cannot play it for a day and so based on that it's like i can't recommend it but as things get better like when you see it in a bargain bin for 30 dollars, i think you should pick it up kind of a thing you know what i mean
1: it's weird. I remember, like, the the trailers and early gameplay footage, like, did not sell that game at all. Yeah. No. now that I'm seeing, like, better gameplay footage of it, it's like, oh, this actually looks like a fairly fun third-person shooter.
0: Well, yeah. I, I've i been playing it, and I, I put together that video I was pretty happy with. But I recorded a lot of yeah, footage. Yeah, that was a good one. And the stuff I was looking at in my footage, like, I, I recorded so much um, that I did not use in my video. And a lot of it was, like, it was really cool. It's like, why didn't they put any of this stuff in the trailer? Like I I wasn't I was kind of on the fence but I heard from some people that it was fun so I decided to get it anyways. Um but I'm playing the game and there's so many cool things in it that are not shown off at all. And for some reason <coughs> like I I did that video where I compared it to Destiny 2. Yeah. And the joke was what it was, but the reality is everybody keeps comparing it to Destiny and it's just not at all like Destiny. And I feel like they're shooting themselves in the foot by, like, hey, look at this this loot shooter game. There's a lot of loot to shoot is the wrong approach. Like, they should be playing up the fun action and the superpowers. Um, I, I don't know. Because, like, when you get a gun drop, it doesn't matter as much as your flamethrower. And when you get, like, okay. there's story and there's... Dialogue options. But they're not nearly as important as, like, Star Wars or Mass Effect. You know? It's like... It has this Bioware logo on it. And people are expecting it to be Mass Effect 5. And it's just... Mm -hmm. It's setting the expectations completely wrong. And if you go into it wanting to fly around and be Iron Man, then it sets the expectations just right. Sure. So it's frustrating to me that they... They actually have something cool, and they're not even trying to convince people that it's cool. They're just promising that it's better than Destiny, and it's not. It's like, stop comparing it to Destiny, and you'll do better.
1: Yeah. That sounds cool. I, I don't. I can't imagine I'll ever play it. I just. No, I, play I, so few I video mean, games for you now, personally,
0: but... I don't think I recommend it. But in sure. a general sense, I think it's worth $30. And.
1: I'm glad you. And honestly,
0: skip the story. It's so stupid. There's like five different MacGuffins, and and none of the characters matter. And all the, (laughs) I mean, the the animations, like the face, the face rigging is really bad, and the the way they handle animations are bad because all the models have these like fixed. uh, uh, I mean, it's it's mocap, but all the characters are like they're standing, but their face is not tied to their body motions. So they'll be talking, and the lip sync is really good until they're done talking, and then their lips and their whole face, like, they lock. And there's this uncanny valley where they just have this weird doll face while the rest of their body, like, moves around as if they're talking. And it's jarring. And what's funny is I've been, like, skipping through all the dialogue, so I just mash the circle button. And it does, like, a hard jump to whatever the lip state is supposed to be for the next sentence. So it looks like an animatronic that's not working. Because they're, they're moving (laughs) regularly, but then their lips are going, right? And it's, that's more entertaining than what they wrote. Because, like, the anthem is the force. And it's a wild magic. And it's also the dark crystal. And then you have to find the one ring. But there, there's also the one armor. And there was the legendary javelin. But that's not the final key. And I can hear the anthem. And the anthem is calling me. But I have the anthem, so it's okay. And then they crash <laughs> their at into the boss. And then the story's over. And then after the credits, there's a stinger where they're like, Hey, you're the guy that did the anthem. Come over here. And they, they pull back a body bag and there's a space alien in the body bag and like, what is that? Oh, it's like, that's a founder. But aren't they extinct? We thought so too. We think there's more, so we'll call you when we're ready, and they cover the body bag back up. And it's like <laughs> I don't care about any of this. I just want a, I want a pink <laughs> robot. I'm gonna be Iron Man. Oh. <laughs> So that's my anthem review.
1: Might pick up Devil May Cry five at some point this week.
0: I've been hearing nonstop good things.
1: I know, and I really liked the last Devil May Cry game, even though it was made by a different uh, developer. DMC. But that was a good yeah. game. The game was great.
0: I um <laughs> I I don't know, man, I really enjoyed that game. And it's weird because people like to complain about it because he's edgy and it's like, I don't know, this is really funny to me.
1: I know. I thought the writing in that game was fucking was, great. Like it knew exactly yes, what it was.
0: It was good. I, I think people were like upset because they were on some level like self-inserting as Dante because Dante's cool. So since they made Dante like edgy and childish, is and annoying, it's like they're, it's, they're insulting me. They're ruining my headcanon that yeah. I'm cool, and it's like no. I
1: just remember like you fight this one demon and you just like scream "fuck you" at each other for like yeah. a minute. It's like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck
0: yeah, you. Yeah, they go and back and really forth like eight funny. times, and then the boss fight starts. And I'm like, yeah!
1: Yeah, it got me like super pumped for that fight. And it ended up going into like state-run media TV and like killing like a TV demon. And it's just like, this is- game is absolutely well, see, insane, love- but it <laughs> plays so it's well. It's like you're
0: fighting... um you're you're fighting on on the like the Fox News graphics that fly over the screen at commercials. It's like you're running yeah. from like news graphic to news graphic. They 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 had interesting level design and it all looked good and it all worked. Like I don't think that game gets nearly enough praise. Now was it the sequel that the fans yeah, wanted? No. But was it a good game on its own right? Yes.
1: I would say it's my glad space, but it's not. Do you
0: have a glad space?
1: Yeah. So my uh, my birthday was earlier in the month, and my parents ended up ordering something from me for me, and I came in recently. And it's two um highball like drinking glasses oh, cool. with the uh, Godsmack logo on them. And they got those from uh, an Etsy store from like a different person I know. That like she makes like custom like drinking glasses for people, and so they. They ordered me some Godsmack uh, drinking glasses, and they're, they're they're fucking cool. That sounds
0: cool. I'm looking for my charger, cause my headphones yeah, are dying.
1: I don't know if you are cutting. No, out I, there. I had to walk away because
0: my stupid headphones.
1: Oh, sorry. Um. But yeah, my mom's like, you know, these may be the only highball Godsmack glasses like around, and it's like, nah, that's probably not true. I, I imagine someone else has had this idea before, but. There's, I I doubt there's very many of them, and I I own two of them, and I busted one out the other day and, and drank liquor out of it, and that was a good time, and uh, they have to you have to wash them very carefully. You can't like, either you know the the logo's not like in the glass, it's like on it, and so you know you can't put them in the dishwasher or anything like that. So I'm just like, okay, they're only drinking glasses, uh, for only alcohols.
0: Yeah, that's fine though.
1: Yeah, they're they're pretty radical. That sounds
0: pretty nice. Do you have a picture? Um You can put a I picture on on um, Facebook.com slash opinions are pictures. And um yeah. And, I and, will and do then that. everyone with their favorite uh Godsmack hike ball glasses can send their pictures in to the opinions are cheap at gmail Is what No, I checked us, yeah? and he didn't. God um, He
1: has one job. Yeah,
0: thanks, Richard. My Glad Space. Did I talk about Crystal Head vodka? It's really no, good. No,
1: but vodka's I a like, good thing to talk I about. I like
0: Dan Aykroyd. And I was watching mm-hmm. that John Tron that was making fun of Dan Aykroyd, and it was really mean, and there weren't really jokes in it. They were just making fun of him. And part of the Jontron video was playing this commercial I'd never seen before where Dan Aykroyd's talking about, like, how how precise and deliberate the design of the glasses and how much thought and care was put into the vodka formula that they make. And it's like, it literally won me over and I decided to get a bottle and it's actually like, I don't like vodka, but then I had a shot of this and it's like, Oh, I guess I do like vodka. I just like good vodka. Cause it's so smooth and just, Nice. Oh man, Richard hates it too because it doesn't have taste.
1: <laughs> I like vodka. I don't. I can't do vodka straight. I'm not like that kind of martini guy. But ban and a glass of orange juice—that is. Yeah, this is, that a, is a good this time. This is
0: straight vodka for sure. I can't picture ruining it by adding anything to it. Um, now get it like a bottle of Smirnoff with some orange juice. That's stellar. I do enjoy that.
1: Yeah, I've never really been like a a sipping vodka guy, so I just get like Tito's because I get like a big bottle of it for 30 bucks.
0: That sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um, But I I love the jar. Like the bottle it comes in is actually really well made where it reflects light in this fascinating way where I just kind of like I'll hold this crystal skull and stare at it for a while. And it's this experience that I have. And then I'll play with my Skeletor action figure. And it's like, I guess I just like boners.
1: <laughs> that reminds me, okay, I, I should get a bottle of that and then keep the um keep the this the the bottle itself, the the skull. Because I know at work we're gonna be getting an ISO audit in like October or November. And one of the things they always ask us is is about predictive maintenance. And every year, like we get a new guy to head the department and then he leaves before we can implement any and I would love to like so how do you guys handle predictive maintenance? And I just like point at that and be like, we can You know, converse with the, uh, with the seeing eye crystal skull, and then it tells us what will break, and then we fix it before it breaks, and then and then just like that's the answer I have, and then next you know moving on to the next question. You should
0: have like it it should be full of water, but you put like a little bit of glitter that'll settle on the bottom. So when you pick it up, the glitter like kicks up and swirls around.
1: Yeah, that's a oh man, I really should do that. If I, if I still have that idea closer to that date and we don't have a new maintenance team lead, I'm going to do that. <laughs> and then I'll get in trouble, but not that in trouble. I don't
0: Yay! Think.
1: I feel like if I can make an auditor laugh, I've, I'm doing okay. Because they don't like to laugh, it seems. No, I
0: think that's an important trait. Mm. They're supposed to go, hmm, I see, and then they scribble something. had to go through those <laughs> um not I don't know fun. I'm actually I'm such a I'm such a litigious jerk at work that I'm actually really good at that stuff so I like nice. every year we have our full inventory for the whole site and it's like the accounting department goes uh well we need some people to be our auditors um I don't know uh, We'll call Cameron and they call me and I go I'll do it yeah, okay, we need nine more. And then they have to like figure out how to trick nine people into doing it. Um but then like sure. I show up with bells on my beat on my feet. What's what's that? Bells on my bootstraps?
1: <laughs>
0: um Yeah, I love audit
1: day, actually. It's funny, like I'm I'm decent at them. Like I've had to conduct you know, or answer the questions or whatever. Uh I, I prefer not to, it's one of those like, I'm always afraid that they're going to find something, because I try to be as like, anal as I can, but there's always going to be like one or two things I completely forget about. Right, and, like, They'll find those, and it's like, I swear to God, I got everything else but this. You wouldn't know it, but... Oh well.
0: Well, I think we got a couple good glad spaces out of this. Um, you have any yeah. more closing remarks about being sad?
1: Um, i I do not other than uh if you're feeling sad get some works
0: yeah um I think if you're feeling sad you you probably deserve it. Good night everybody <laughs>
1: <laughs> bye kill yourself kids.